Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Subscribe at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. As a subscriber, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. Sound good to you? Go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. That's TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Watch Texas Football Today live every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, YouTube, Facebook, and Twitch, and get involved in the conversation using the hashtag TFToday. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show that we should really start charging the city of Louisville for all the good things we say about them. We say they're beautiful every day. Yeah. My name's Greg Tupper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us while they're watching us live on texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, all the places, or you listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part. Support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good, celebrating the final day of February. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. I feel like that is a thing to celebrate. We've kind of We've kind of made it known that February's not March, on the top March, three months. March is a pretty superior holo- uh, March to or a month to February. Oh, absolutely, fair, right? yeah. No, there's no doubt about. It. People look forward to spring break. The weather starts getting nicer. Mm-hmm. March is way better. I totally agree. Today's Monday, February twenty eighth, twenty twenty two. Two hundred sixty nine days till Thanksgiving. Nice. Uh, happy birthday to. Oh, I had one. Um, oh, no. I did have one. Oh, and then bud. I, uh, happy birthday to... Happy Monday. <laughs> oh, God. I had one. A happy birthday... Oh, God. Where was it? Mario Andretti? That's not interesting. Um, <laughs> happy birthday. Mario Way to Andretti. just blow him up on his birthday. Um, happy birthday. It's Jason Aldean's birthday. Does that move the needle for you? Um, People yeah. like Jason Aldean. Yeah, that's, Ross, that's, a good, a that's a good country artist. Player. Well, I wouldn't say good, but he's a country artist. He is artist. a country artist, uh, in fact. He has he has a, a couple of those songs that Greg Powers likes to say, like, when you're listening to him, you're always having a good time, so yeah. you don't really have anything bad to say about him, but I wouldn't say he's a he's no King George. Now, hold on a second. Whoa, we're getting upset on oh, a Monday morning. Oh, I've got... Oh, no! What? I want to make sure of this. Okay. Jason Aldean's not his real name. BS. What is it? He's Jason Williams. Oh, liar. Oh, not I cool. Oh, I got, uh, I got, mm, not happy about that. Not cool. Episode 1340. On today's show, guys, we got headlines from Jason across Williams the state. Jason Williams is a really generic name. That's probably why I changed it. <laughs> um, uh, we got a lot to get to. Headlines from across the state, including some coaching changes. And uh, is college football in trouble? Dun, dun, dun. We'll talk about that. In the back half of the show, we're going to go down to the Valley. We're going to be joined by the head coach of the McAllen Memorial Mustangs, one of the great surprises down there in the Rio Grande Valley. Mm-hmm. Coach Moses Patterson will join us. He took over late uh, in June after the uh, sudden retirement of, of uh, Bill Patterson, uh, the longtime coach there. Took over, did a fantastic job, took them to the regional semifinals for just the third time in program history. We'll talk with Coach Patterson coming up here at the back half of the program. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Aaron Arbor. Buckle, Rob Hadway, and Daniel Agnew. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, friends. 
Okie dokie. Let's talk a little bit about some headlines from across the state. Uh, we're going to start with the news that came down last week about the about UIL realignment. Believe it or not, UIL realignment is come is still happening. Um, kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. You may remember when we had Dr. Susan Elza, the UIL athletic director, on. Uh, she talked about how realignment comes out, but that's not the end of it. Right. There is a, a they have a robust appeals process that if you really feel like you can make a case that you should be in a different district then you can go and make that a case. Three such teams did make that case. And they got swatted a half court. Farmersville, um, Grapeland, and Alamo Heights all wanted to move districts. Um, the They were basically moving, I won't bore you with the numbers, but they wanted to move from District 5 to District 6, District 11 to District 12, District 13, 14, District 13. Didn't want to change regions, just wanted to change districts. Mm-hmm. Uh, the UIL has denied all three of those um all three of those requests, all three of those appeals, those so now you can say realignment is done, mm-hmm. done and dusted. It was done and dusted as of last week. Uh, what we have is what we'll get. For is the next three a normal number? Do you know? I think we asked her about that, but I can't. It was usually you know just, say say just a couple. I would say that's relatively low. Yeah. Um, I would say that it probably tops out at about eight or nine. Nine, yeah. Um, and then it probably you know, three is probably on the low end of average, but mm-hmm. it still kind of falls within that. Range. Oh well, that's got to feel good for the UIL. And the UIL looked it up and said, "No, thank you. You can stay right there." Coaching news from across the state. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a state champion head coach on the way, or on the move rather, another one, uh, and that is. Uh, B.J. Gott. B.J. Gott is the head coach at Katie Pato, or Mm -hmm. at least was. Uh, He is now moving over to take over as the head coach at Pearland. Pearland, of course, is uh, looking for a uh, coach after Brian. uh, Ricky Tullis took the job at Brian. Mm -hmm. Not Brian Tullis took the job at Ricky. Ricky Tullis took the job (laughs) at Brian. Uh, And so B.J. Gott is on the move, uh, leaving Pearland, or leaving rather Katie Pato, the program that he led to the 5A Division One State Championship the past uh, week or past year. They also, you remember, he was the, he opened the school yep. back in, in Katie back in 2017. Uh, it all culminated uh, three straight winning seasons, including last, uh, you, you may remember last year in 2020, they had their season cut short due to a COVID outbreak. They had to forfeit their playoff game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did not have to do that this year. They ran all the way to the 2021 5A Division One State Championship game. They are moving up to Class 6A. Uh, BJ Gott is also moving up to Class 6A, but he'll be moving there with Pearland as he is taking the job there at Pearland. Uh, hi. Uh, wh- I think that's a little bit interesting because he is a Katie guy, mm-hmm. and I would I would think that I don't think Gary Joseph's going anywhere. No. But you would have to think that he's on the short list of guys who would be uh, if, up next, if and when yeah. Coach Joseph decided that he was done, um, he would be on that short list. But he is going to take the job at Pearland, at least for now. So that is certainly noteworthy. Pearland or Katie Pato, another good job looking for a head. Coach. We had a really good conversation with him when you were on uh, paternity leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. He's a good, good dude. Coppers Cove has made a hire. Yeah. Uh, Coppers Cove, and, and what I think is a little bit of a surprise, they've, yeah. hired, they've hired uh, W.T. White coach uh, Tony Johnson out of Dallas ISD uh, at Kickslide on Twitter. Um, <laughs> he is uh, replacing Jason Hammett. Uh, Jason Hammett uh, was, uh, had back-to-back one in nine seasons. Um, but Coach Johnson's done a fantastic job. He, he helped get W.T. White, which has been one of the long struggles programs in Dallas ISD got them to the playoffs for the first time since 2007 in 2020 
uh, and then they went six and five again this year, which is six and five at uh, Dallas. Uh, WT White is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. So uh, WT White looking for a coach after Tony Johnson leaving for Coppers. They so talk about a guy that'll bring a good amount of energy to your yeah. to your revamp your program energy. that's in need of a revamp. We're going to talk a little to, to a coach who had an interim tag removed later in the program. Let's talk about another one, uh, and that is in Mejia. Uh, Aaron Noel uh, was the. Uh, he was the head coach for the Mejia Black Cats uh, last season. In 2021, he served as their interim coach uh, after Brady Bond. Uh, you know, uh, he took over last year after Brady Bond left. Uh, they have now, after uh, after you know, pretty decent season there, Mejia. He is going to be. He's going to take over in the full time capacity. Mejia has removed the interim tag. Uh, from Aaron Noel, uh, so they have a new full-time head coach in Aaron Noel uh, there at Mejia for the Black Cats. I their fourth head coach since 2019. Step is trying to convince him to send uh, us some shirts that have that awesome Black Cat logo oh, on it. I already it. got one. Oh well, don't got to worry about me. You don't worry about me. I got connections. <laughs> uh, shout out, Coach Brent Ratliff at Corgan Camden too. I got his shirt too. Uh, they say you can't come come home again. That is uh, patently false. Uh, because you can come home again, uh, such is the case in Cumbie. Uh, the Cumbie Trojans have made a hire, and it is a familiar name uh, down there in uh, at Cumbie. They have hired Tom Dracos to be their uh, Dracos rather to be their head coach at Cumbie. Uh, you may remember uh, that uh, this is it. He is coming from Texas Lutheran, I should say. Um, Texas Lutheran. He was their defensive line coach at the college uh, at the college level, but. Tom Dracos is not a stranger to Cumbie. In fact, he was their head coach from 2013 to 2019. Uh, led them to their first district title in 38 years back in 2017. He goes off to the college ranks for a couple of years, decides to come back. Uh, he is taking over uh, a program. Uh, the coach Charles Bowles uh, went 1-7 uh, in 2021, 2-5 and five in 2020, and uh, eight and four in 2019, but Coach Tom Dracos is back at Cumbie, uh, taking over the position he once held. I uh, wonder if his chair is still there. Hmm. Let's find out. This is a couple weeks old, but we kind of bumped it last week. I want to make sure we talked about it. Uh, the TSWA, uh, Texas Sports Writers Association, uh, announced their all-state teams a couple of weeks back. Uh, they come out pretty late because I think they because they wait until the end of the full season. The um, the other uh, all district teams. Uh, or all state teams do not uh, do that. The, uh, in my opinion, the TSWA is the, like the AP all state comes out. I believe you have to file at the end of the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, the TSWA is, in my opinion, the gold standard for all state teams in the state of Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, you can find them up on TexasFootball.com. But if you are interested, the players of the year that they named in six A is Cade Klubnik on the offensive side. Uh, Ethan Burke, the defensive lineman from Westlake, on the defensive side, their coach of the year, or rather, the, he shared it with Chris Ross, the defensive lineman from North Shore. Uh, their coach of the year was Todd Dodge. Uh, in 5A, offensive player of the year was Marquise Collins. Uh, their defensive player of the year was uh, Andon Thomas, the linebacker from Liberty Hill. Mm. Hard to argue with that. And uh, and uh, Coach Jason Todd from uh, South Oak Cliff was their Perfect. 5A coach of the year. In 4A, 4A, their uh, their player of the year was Coy Aiken, 
the wide receiver yes. from Stephenville. Well-deserved. Uh, Reese Young, the linebacker from Stephenville, was their defensive player of the year. And then Brian Bell from China Spring was their coach of the year. In 3A, Braden Bennett, the Mount Vernon quarterback, was mm-hmm. their co- offensive player of the year. Uh, Joe Gutschel, the uh, defensive lineman from uh, Lorena, was their uh, defensive player of the year. And their coach was Mark Fannin at Franklin. In 2A, Dalton Brooks their def- uh, was, from Shiner was their uh, offensive player of the year. Demar- Demarion Medlock, the linebacker from Mart, was their mm-hmm. defensive player of the year. Daniel Bedeker, the Shiner head coach, was their coach of the year. And the 1A ranks, uh, you can go to the uh, the the 1A ranks, the Texas Sports Writers Association don't do them, but the Texas Six-Man Coaches Association puts out an outstanding, uh, uh, an outstanding rather all-state team and theirs comes out theirs has been out for for much longer theirs comes mm-hmm. out pretty quickly uh i think because it's a little bit of a smaller area you know group and so if you're interested their player of the year in division one uh was uh cedric ware from westbrook yes uh, offensive mvp was caden hulk from may defensive mvp was Patton uh Patton dominguez from westbrook their coach of the year was homer matlock at westbrook and then the private or rather in the 1a division two grayson rigdon the freshman mm-hmm. from strawn was their six-man player of the yeah year. we'll be hearing his name for a while their coach of the year was shannon waters at benjamin uh offensive player mvp was lorenzo garcia from strawn and their defense of MVP was Griff Rigdon from Strawn. Uh, so there you go. There is your uh, All-State look at that. Did they list him as Hulkamania or not? Because if they didn't, that's a mess up on their part. No, they didn't. Oh, man. Finally, I wanted to kick this around for a little bit. Um, there is a uh, There's a story out from Dennis Dodd. Dennis Dodd from CBS uh, Sports. He has put out his annual story uh, about college football attendance. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to read the tweet from him. Uh, Inside college football's attendance crisis, attendance hits a 40-year low, down for the seventh straight season and nine of the last ten. The SEC has their lowest attendance since 1999. The ACC has their lowest in more than 30 years. The Pac-12 has their lowest ever. And then he writes, it's not just COVID and the convenience of 70-inch TVs. Um, and so if you dive into the story, it's a good piece. Uh, he, he talks about how they, uh, they, the average attendance at games this year was 39,848. That is the lowest since 1981. Uh, it's also a significant fall off since 2019. 2020, obviously, there was almost nobody in the stands. Mm-hmm. But 2020, uh, 2019, uh, they, had, they were over 41,000, um, almost 41,500, down to 39,800. And you and I talked a little bit about this. Yeah. About why you think the uh, that attendance is down in college football. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a few different things. Yeah. One of them, uh, I think you can uh, associate some of it with the lingering, maybe maybe lingering, uh, uh, you know, hesitance of, of COVID. Right. A little bit of it. Yeah. Right? Maybe there was a number. new strand that came out yeah. right when we were in the middle of college football season. So, so it makes sense. At least part of it is that. Mm-hmm. I also think that the television product's really good, mm-hmm. and the television product is 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 pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, and that you can get a big TV. You, you right. have a projector. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> well, and the other thing is too, and I brought this point up with the TV thing is not only like they don't just broadcast the really really big Alabama games or the really big Texas A and M games. They broadcast everything if you, you want to watch yeah if you want to watch even hawaii like you can turn yeah. on espn plus at whatever o'clock and they're on yes that's part of it so i also think that there are people who are maybe big college football fans who are like why would i go to one game if that game stinks then i'm stuck watching yeah it. if i can put on apple tv and have four screens going exactly right. why not there's that 
Secondly, and I do think this is worth mentioning, I think it is pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. It's pretty expensive. Um, you know, it is, it's tickets, you know, tickets to get in. Yeah, of course, it's going to cost more to go to Texas than it's going to cost to go to uh, North Texas, Texas right? Yeah. To a North Texas game. But it's still expensive mm-hmm. because you're paying to park, you're paying to get in, uh, you're paying for food and drink and things like that. It's, a, it's an outing. It's, mm-hmm. it's pretty expensive. Uh, that's one part of it. I have found in my, this is me and your mileage may vary. I don't necessarily know that college football is a family friendly activity. I think colleges are trying to make it that way. Mm -hmm. Some colleges are trying to make it that way, but I think that it's, it's hard to bring a family there um, because it's, kind of rowdy well know, yeah it's hard to party. bring a family with young kids like it's different Absolutely. when my family goes like, to go my youngest brother or my brother's 18 years old so we right. don't worry about hearing bad words but you would because you've so, got young kids right so like for example hank wants to go to a football game mm-hmm. hank is vi- now very excited that dad works in football mm-hmm. and it has not even crossed our mind to go to a college football game right we what we're going to do is we're going to go to the high school down the street and go to a jv game on a thursday night mm-hmm. because it's cheap right and we can leave whenever right and then there's one other thing, and, and this is one thing that I think is the biggest factor for me, and one of the reasons that I don't attend a ton of college football games, personally. The games take too damn long, okay? I looked this up. It was a random game. Mm-hmm. I just picked, I was like, all right, North Texas SMU. Just a random game, yep. okay? It's 35 to 12. Not, I would say that's an average score. Yeah, right? it I, wasn't. I, it I, wasn't it's, it's clock 40, stoppage all 40, the time. Forty-seven for scores. points. It's not some eighty. You know, it's not some seventy to sixty out. Right. It's you know, four uh, thirty-five twelve. Game lasted four hours. Four hours, and that doesn't count the hour minimum that you're going to need to leave to get mm-hmm. there, and the hour minimum it's going to take for you to get home. That's a six-hour day. Right. That's your whole day. If you're going to do go to a college football game. That's your day. And and look, I get it that it's only, what, six or seven Saturdays a year. And for some people, that is their – that's what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But I just can't – I think there's a lot of people who can't justify spending an entire day out of college football. And this is something that baseball's often struggled with is time of game. Mm-hmm. One of the things I like about high school football, two and a half hours, you're done. Mm-hmm. It's over in two and a half hours, Right. Uh, the NFL has got this thing down to about three hours. Yep. They have got it. That thing, that thing moves. And I, think and I think that they looked at some of those situations and said, you know what, these games are taking too long. Well, high school would go even faster if we would get away with the 30-minute half times. Oh, well, mm-hmm. we, we, to give, we got to give the fans <laughs> their shine to. I'm just saying that, look, is college football going to die? No, it's not. Because yep. TV ratings are robust and things like that. But college football athletic program athletic programs are kind of dependent on you showing up at their stadiums oh, yeah. and if these things are starting to dip and they're going to keep keep dropping a thousand people a year mm-hmm. then at some point there does come a, a, a point where they cannot they cannot Ex- do all the things they want especially for a g5 school yes. like i can i can say that from going to north texas you make most of your your bang out of your buck off of these six football games that you host every year mm-hmm. and so it's even more imperative that people come to those six saturdays because those are the six biggest saturdays of your entire year mm-hmm. there you go so anyway there's some headlines and uh college football tenants uh, falling just a little bit. Stay tuned to the end of the show. We're going to tell you about a cool thing going on on our website. A couple of cool things on our website. So stay tuned at the end of the show for that. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com. Talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. 
Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Texasfootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider. Texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Two magazines, a year's worth of exclusive online content. Maybe I'll send you Vince Young's trophy since you won't come get it. If you go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe, you can get the 2022 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football mailed to you before it hits newsstands. If you go to texasfootball.com slash subscribe. Pickle, let's go to the hotline and let's bring in the head coach of the McAllen Memorial Mustangs down there in the Rio Grande Valley. We're joined uh, by Coach Moses Patterson. Coach, how are you? Coach, you read me? Uh-oh, Pickle, what'd you do? Nothing. Let's try again. Coach Patterson, do you hear me? Yes, sir. Hey, how are you, Coach? Oh, pretty good. Yourself? Excellent. How are things in the beautiful Rio Grande Valley? Oh, they're they're pretty good right now. Temperature's been nice. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. Starting to warm up a little bit, but it's yeah. going well. Yeah, I, I, you guys didn't have to worry about snow a few, few weeks ago. Um, no, no, we didn't. <laughs> uh, Coach, I want to ask you a little bit about 2021. It was a, a whirlwind ride for you, for, for you personally and for, and for the program at, as a whole. Uh, you know, you take over in June, uh, you know, after Coach Patterson resigns. Uh, you, you take over this program and, and you lead them to the, the regional semifinals for just the third time in the program's history. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm really interested in, in now that you've had a moment, you've had the interim tag removed, you've had a moment to, to look back on, on the 2021 season. How would you assess what you guys were able to do uh, in under such strange circumstances? Well, you know, first, and I just got to say it was a just a magical season for us. Obviously, we'd like for it to go a little bit further than what it did, but in the very end, there's only one team that's actually really happy. But, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, looking at, at the program itself, the kids that have been there, the coaching staff that's there, uh, administration, just so supportive of the community, um, you know, they want you to succeed. Everybody wants to succeed there. And, and just the resiliency of the kids that we have on in, in the program that come out and, you know, gone the extra mile, taking the extra step to do the little things and and get us going in the right direction has just paid dividends for us. Uh, you took over for Coach Littleton there in in uh, in June. It was it was a late arrival. You were promoted from the defensive coordinator spot. Um, I'm interested for the fir- when you addressed your team as the head coach for the first time. You know what was your message to them? You know they were obviously familiar with you. You weren't some stranger. But what, what was your message to them when you talked to them uh, for the first time as the head coach? <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, the the big thing that we want to push across the team was that, um, you know, we're we're still here. The staff was still here, still intact. Uh, a lot of things are going to be the same, but we got to move on. We got to we got to keep pressing, uh, keep grinding, keep doing the things that we do. Um, you know, there'll be some tweaks here and there, but overall, um, you know, just again talking about the resiliency of the kids and, and what they brought to the table and, and their determination, hard work, everything that we put on throughout the summer. Uh, going into that season was going to be, you know, the showcased. Uh, talking with Moses Patterson, the head coach of the McAllen Memorial Mustangs here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation and hashtag TF Today. Uh, coach, you guys were, were able to obviously do some some big things and, and, and make it to the regional semifinals, as I mentioned, for the third time in program history. Uh, I'm interested, was there a moment during the season or even in the offseason when you when you when it started to hit you that, okay, we might have a little something cooking here. We, we might be uh, that kind of team that can make history down there in McAllen. Yes, sir. So, so one of our program goals, you know, has always been, it's not about, we want to get this record or that record. It's always about being the best team in the, in the history of the Memorial, um, the school there. So, 
you know, that, that's always on the plate for us. But uh, I'd probably say probably the third or fourth game, we started to click a little bit. And, and you know, we had some early struggles early on. We played uh, uh, Edinburgh Vela week one, and and uh, they were pretty primed. And, you know, we were still adjusting to a couple things, but uh, we learned from that. Whenever you get a chance to play a prominent program like that, you know, you're always going to have a few takeaways to, to get better. But uh, I think the staff really believed early on and the kids really believed uh, fairly early on that, that, you know, this could be that type of season, one of those special seasons. And like I said, we just bought into it and, and we all came on board at the same time and, and got things rocking and rolling. Uh, you know, one of the places where you guys really took a step forward was, was on the defensive side. Um, you know, a, a lot of reasons why that, that was able to, uh, why that was the case. You guys were able to shave a full touchdown uh, per game off of your points per game allowed average. I'm, I'm interested fr- from, from the defensive side, as a defensive guy, what was it about your defense that, that worked for you guys in 2021 so well? Uh, I think the big thing was, was we had a lot of team chemistry, team bonding. Uh, the year prior, we had a lot of new new faces on the defense, and and there were uh, some kids that had come out from basketball that, that hadn't played in a while. But uh, really, just coming together, learning to work as a group. Uh, the big, you know, the big message we always send home is it's all about culture. It's all about family, mm. the family atmosphere we feel there at Memorial, and and you know, building that family up and and leaning on one each other, on one another, um, really helped on that end. Um, on the other side of the ball, offensively, uh, not sure if you know this, but you guys were one of six programs in in the state to have three 1,000-yard rushers uh, between uh, mm-hmm. Max Elena's Choi, uh, between uh, Ethan Castillo and uh, Marcus De La Cruz. Um, offensively, the, the identity was pretty clear for you guys. You guys were going to light it up <laughs> and pound it at them. Uh, I, I have to imagine that, that you were pretty pleased with the way that your offense was able to come together in 2021. Oh, definitely. I mean, I got a tremendous amount of praise for those those three backs and and what they did back there. Office coordinator did a great job for us. But you know, I'd be uh, I'd be I really need to talk about our offensive line. Our offensive line is what put that whole thing together. Um, everyone wants to talk about our backs, and again, they did a tremendous job for us. But it all starts up front. Uh, I'm an old old line coach, and and uh, you know, I've always believed that. Always will believe that that everything on the offense starts with that offensive line. And and we were fortunate enough to have a great one this past season. That that allowed for those guys to run everywhere they wanted to. Yeah, they sure did. Uh, so, so now it's on to 2022, and and, and I want to ask you, you know, obviously you're not, we're not going to ask you to coach a game for a few for a few months, but do you have a feel <laughs> quite yet on maybe how this 2022 team may be different from your 2021 squad? Yeah, well, we'll definitely have some new faces on there, but uh, again, the goal is going to remain the same. We're going to try to be the best team we can in Memorial's history and, and go from there. But uh, kids are working hard. Um, you know, they, they know what the plan is. They know what it is we want to do and and what we're trying to accomplish. And we'll kind of take it from there. Uh, and, and finally, Coach, uh, realignment was a couple of weeks ago. Um, we, we, 5A Division One in, in the Valley was always going to be a little bit interesting with a, with a number of drop-downs coming down. Uh, you guys uh, get uh, the aforementioned Edinburgh Vela and uh, and PSJA North dropped in your lap there in District 15, 5A Division One. When realignment came out in, 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 and you were able to get the packet, what was uh, what were you thinking? Was did this was this about what you expected? Well, I really thought we were going to end up going west to, mm-hmm. towards Laredo, uh, the McCown District, but. You know, we got we got thrown here with uh, Vela and, and the two La Hoyas and uh, PSJ North, and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's it's a chance to to kind of uh, go back and kind of reevaluate some things and see what it is we need to get better. And definitely, whenever you get a chance to play caliber uh, teams of those calibers, uh, it's going to make you better. So, you know, looking forward to it. Uh, I know Coach Kaufman there, at PSJ North, Coach Campbell, 
Edinburgh Villa and, and the rest of the district will do a great job and it'll be it'll, it'll make for some fun times this, this fall finally coach uh you guys were um uh you, in December thanks in large part to the fantastic 2022 one you guys had uh did you you had your interim tag removed uh so you're now the full-time head coach so have uh, are you going to unpack now <laughs> <laughs> Oh yes, sir. Yes, okay. sir. You know, I, I just uh, I work for, for for a great principal, uh, great superintendent, athletic director, and and uh, you know I, I think they had faith in me from the get go, and and fortunate uh, enough for me, myself, and, and the team, we we were able to put a really good season together, and we're looking for many more. But uh, you know, it, it's all in large part to the community there. Just have tremendous support. Uh, from everyone there in McAllen. So looking forward to some great things down, down the line here. He's Moses Patterson. He's the head coach of the McAllen Memorial Mustangs. Coach, really appreciate your time. Congratulations again on a fantastic 2021 season and looking forward to seeing what you guys do next. Thank you. Appreciate it. Y'all have a good one. You too. There he goes. Moses Patterson, head coach of McAllen Memorial. Join us here on Texas Football Today. Uh, you know, we talked, we, we mentioned him in passing uh, last last week and mm-hmm. we were talking about the best first-year coaches. And he was, I mean, it, it really is, I mean, it's worth mentioning that Bill Littleton was there for 16 years, 17 years. I mean, he was there for a long, long, long time. Um, and then he, he retired pretty abruptly there in June, uh, 22 seasons. He was there at McCallum mm-hmm. Memorial. Uh, he retired pretty abruptly in June. He gets, he gets a job. Moses Patterson gets a job June 21st. Yeah. Like, think about June 21st. We're getting ready for seven on seven. Oh, state. yeah, absolutely. Like, like, literally, we were leaving. <laughs> it was one of the last coaching changes in, in that cycle. And... You know, for him to take over the reins and be like, "All right, I think I think the most impressive thing he did was just calm the waters." Mm-hmm. Like, "All right, guys, we're gonna go out here. We're gonna do what we need to do." Because with so much change at the top there, at the very, you know, there at that late in the game, mm-hmm. you've gone through an entire off season and stuff like that. That was really impressive, mm-hmm. and, and for them, for, for Coach Patterson to do that, I thought was was awfully impressive. Well, and you made a good point too. Like, obviously, when you have three guys over a thousand yards rushing uh, you're going to be pretty good yeah. but the, what they did on the defense shows how good of a coach he is too like that wasn't just a oh you had three really good people okay it was like no if you're able to shave a touchdown off of that then you're doing pretty good can i do a lateral tease yeah uh oh yeah we will uh we'll talk a little bit more about those other programs that have three 1,000 yards back tomorrow Ooh. on math tuesday math tuesday uh so we appreciate coach moses patterson hopping on with us let's go over to ashley pickle for america's second favorite segment final thoughts um do you want me to roll your yeah your fantastic so, video so you we'll, video editor yeah, you we can talk over this so we've got a cool thing going at texasfootball.com helping us visualize uh, the state of Texas. And so here's what we did. I emailed all of them, and I said, hey, what I want you to do is I want you to, to pick a photo that you think is your best photo, mm-hmm. and I want you to send it in. And uh, we will put it up for a vote on TexasFootball.com. Uh, so you can go to TexasFootball.com right now and vote for which you think is the uh, 2021 DCTF photo of the year. 2021, 2022? Yep. Yeah, I guess. I don't yep. know. We'll probably do the hyphen thing. Uh, the only yeah, because, well, the other thing is, too, some of these are college photos, so, so the, their seasons could have gone into twenty. The only rule for this is that it had to be a photo taken in the state of Texas at a football game, uh, you know, 
in 2021. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's the whole the whole. Yeah, you can't go back to your favorite no. shop from five years ago. No. <laughs> and so we we got uh, I believe more than 30 submissions, and you can go right now to TexasFootball.com and vote for what you think should be the DCTF photo of the year. The winner is going to be spotlighted, spotlit, spotlighted, spotlit. in the 2022 <laughs> summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. We are going to. They're going to get a two-page spread uh, in the front of the magazine. Declaring them the DCTF photo of the year, uh, and yeah, a few they get a few other goodies and things like that. But uh, we wanted to find a way. We're, we're continually trying to find ways to spotlight and uh, and and showcase our outstanding contributing photographers. And so you can vote at TexasFootball.com for what you think should be the DCTF photo of the year. A lot of good ones here. Yeah. And uh, and kind of running the running the gambit. You got uh, high school football. You got college football. You got big college football. I saw an AM photo in there. Mm-hmm. I saw a McMurray photo in there. As yeah, well. Lamar. Um, so a lot of cool photos in there from our outstanding photographers who are scattered hither and yon across the state of Texas. So if you go to TexasFootball.com I believe we're voting through the end of the week you can vote for what you think should be the 2021-2022 DCTF Photo of the Year. Uh, You can go to there TexasFootball.com and vote. So make sure you check that out. Um, Do we have anything else? No, that was great. Just a th- a th- thank you again to our photographers. Yes. From a person who does the video slash graphic making around here most of the time, yes, they're unbelievable. literally could not do my job without y'all. So we, please, please go spotlight them for we us. We love them very much. Go to texasfootball.com to vote for the DCTF photo of the year. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to McAllen Memorial head coach Moses Patterson for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your player of the year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.